Today, we continue our journey around the NBA talking with fantasy analysts. I've got Kyle McEwen from Basketball Monster with me today. Let's go balls deep. Welcome to another episode of the Balls Deep Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Uh, we are brought to you by Fantasy Basketball International. Uh, FBIBasketball.com is the website. At AdamKing91 on Twitter is where you will find me. As I said, just rolling through our analyst interviews today, I've got Kyle McEwen from Basketball Monster. He's been kind enough to jump on with me. Kyle, good evening, sir. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Uh, good morning. It is good morning. I slept in this morning. Normally, I'm doing these podcasts at about seven o'clock in the morning, but this is nine thirty. This is quite dignified, so thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so we're not not. Re- I mean, these this is going to kind of come out after the the regular season, but we were just chatting about all the crap that's going on with the some of the teams at the moment and the teams that are obviously just throwing in the towel when they might not necessarily have to throw in the towel. And and I know for me, it's frustrating. And, and for you, it's frustrating. Um, I mean, if you're a genuine fan and you're emotional and passionate about the sport, it's, it's obnoxious to have players sitting out, especially, I mean, we know a lot of this happens at the end of the season, but when you've got teams that are still legitimately in contention for a play-in spot, resting guys, it seems, or, it's it's tough to rationalize that as a fan to say like, wait a minute, you actually have a chance. And granted, it might be like a one in a million dumb and dumber type thing, but mm-hmm. we still want you to to fight it out, right? To go to the till till the bell rings. And it must be hard. Like obviously, you you and Josh write your player notes on over on Basketball Monster. It must be like I know writing blurbs is hard as well. It, it's just hard to know what to write when you're writing an an update on a player because you don't actually know if they're going to play in the next game or what their role is going to be. It's so hard. Oh, projections and just trying to broadcast what is going to happen in, in these games right now is, I mean, it's a complete crapshoot. If you're just being yeah. honest about it, like you don't know who's going to play. You sometimes they're going out there with guys that, yeah, they might technically be a point guard or a distributor, but it's, they haven't played with these guys well, so it's it's hard to discern how productive players are going to be in this this situation too. It's it's definitely not a fun part of the season unless there are those couple of games that we can go to to say, okay, this is having an effect on the standings, and and we can hmm. we can draw some love out of this. Like that Clippers and Lakers game the other night was just, even though it wasn't necessarily a great game, it was still a lot of fun to watch just because it had implications this late in the season. And it forced the Lakers to play two of their key guys on back-to-backs. And that situation is something I want to know about, Adam. When you look at those situations where you've got these teams that have been resting guys on back-to-backs the whole season or taking every opportunity possible that they can to take advantage of rest situations, and then they get to the end of the season where legitimately they don't want to be playing LeBron and Anthony Davis on back-to-backs right now because of workload issues and such. And plus, it's just... You have a, a a less you you have a less 
percentage chance to win that back-to-back game on the, you know, all these kind of things. And so it, it just kind of makes me look back at earlier in the season and saying, how many games have you guys given up just mm. because you were trying to be smart at the time? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you'd have to go back and obviously look at the schedule, but there'd have to be some games in there that where they've sat them against the Pistons or against the Rockets. So games that they may have lost, there there have been a number of upset wins. Play your guys and then you can rest them in March and April. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I think he probably could have played back-to-backs two months ago, but they chose not to and then they lost Paul George and now they're, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but they could have got a top four seed potentially if they'd, if they'd been smarter. I, just to kind of finish my thoughts on this whole thing, it's, you know, everybody talks about an 82 game season is so long, but like the amount of court time these guys actually spend playing together in high impact moments where you're going to generate legit uh, cohesion as a team. And that, that invisible chemistry that does play out for certain squads. It's, is that just lost on some of these teams? Do they not believe in the the, the impact of playing together and, and mm. practicing? Because a lot of teams, their practices are the games. They are, yeah. Look, I, th- I think one team that, that probably does get it is Orlando, despite the fact that they're... I mean, they rested everyone yesterday. It was a back-to-back. They're mathematically eliminated. But up, they're, they're playing everyone today, I think. Um I know Fultz is not on the injury report. I haven't. I only got up an hour ago, so I haven't had a good look. They've got several of their, their main guys playing tonight. Uh, Boncaro and Wendell Carter are out, but they've still got Fultz okay. playing. They got Cole Anthony playing. Uh, Jalen Suggs is playing, and Franz Wagner. And then, okay. and th- th- that's those four starting tonight, which is a fun little lineup to see. Hmm. And then they've got Batadze starting at center. So, which is you do want to get a look at him in hmm. more high-level moments to see if he actually is a an NBA rotation player that they can maybe count on for their for their bench next season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've liked the fact that they've just kept rolling with most of their guys and, and haven't haven't thrown it in until now. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll we'll jump into I guess the questions or the the purpose of the the, the podcast <laughs> is just to find out a little bit about Kyle McEwen as a person and and so obviously, I've said you work for Basketball Monster. You do a Bucks podcast as well. I think you've done. I've I've watched a couple episodes of that. Yeah, um, that we just started that this year. Uh, some friends of mine that I've done podcasts with in the past. Um, some buddies that I used to live in uh, Wisconsin for ten years in Madison and went to tons of Bucks games and became a that became like my second team in many ways. And I was there for most of the Giannis years. And I remember when Giannis was a rookie, I'd be, it's funny, I'd be the crazy basketball guy at the coffee shop in the morning telling every, all these Bucks fans, you wait, Giannis is going to win multiple championships for these Bucks teams. And they're all like, what, that skinny kid? And I'm like, you wait. <laughs> yep, so, and you were right. You, well, he hasn't won multiple yet, but right. that, that could still very well happen. They're, they're probably the favorite. I think I don't. I don't do betting, so I'm not sure who the actual favorites are. I mean, I would be interested to hear exactly who you think is uh, legitimate contenders for the championship this season. I finally sat and talked with a friend about it the other day, and the only teams I really consider legit contenders, as long as injuries are good and all that, is 
the Celtics and the Bucks, and I'd probably take the Bucks still over the Celtics ultimately. But those two teams are just—they're deep, and they've got stars. They've—they've they've got all the pieces you need to win a championship. Whereas a lot of other teams have holes. Then they would be, I think, leaning more so on their stars than what even the Celtics and Bucks need to do. Yeah, I think so. I think they'd be the two that jump out for me. Uh, Sixes, I'm, I'm like they, they need to prove it to me before I would have any faith. Like I think if they can make the Eastern Conference Finals, then I guess that gives me a little more confidence in them. But uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's Bucks and Celtics, and in the West, uh, I don't know. I, just, I don't really see anyone getting over the the Bucks or the the Celtics. Um, if I had to pick a team. It, uh, I don't know. I, I still think the Warriors could do something with getting Wiggins back. Um, they have played together enough that even though he's missed time, I don't think it'll take that long for him to get back into the flow of things. Uh, they are a little bit older, though, so that, that concerns me. The Grizzlies, I used to like the Grizzlies. I still sort of like the Grizzlies, but not, not like I did. They have just seemed to have annoyed a lot of people this season. Um, with with all of their shenanigans that that are going on, so yeah, I think it's those two East teams for me as well. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can't really settle on any West teams that make me feel confident to be like, oh, they're as good as the Bucks and the Celtics. I just I don't see any of them over there. And I know a lot of people would want to argue the Suns because they added Durant, yes. but where's the defense on that team? Yeah, the Suns. I mean, I watched them. Yesterday, last night against uh, the the Nuggets, that was yeah. Well, the second string Nuggets and and like yeah, I mean look, they can score, but they they can't defend and they they just they don't have depth. They've got like they they traded away. They they obviously got Durant, but much like the Mavericks, they've got they threw all these pieces in. And and as we know with the Bucks and the Celtics, the reason that we do like them is because of their depth and, and their role players and who they've got coming off the bench. So um, yeah, poor sons. Um, Well, the name of the Bucks podcast is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast or the Bucks podcast. So you can just find that on Twitter. Um, I forgot to say that earlier. So I just want to drop that in. Yeah, no, drop that in. So, so yeah, basketball monster is obviously where you are now. So the questions we've sort of been going in a bit of an order. Uh, so first question is, I guess how how did fantasy basketball writing, podcasting, um, analyzing come about for you? And is is fantasy basketball what you do full time, or have you got another real job that gets in the way of fantasy? No, um, I am lucky enough that, so I was doing after school programming after I got done with college and went to college for like journalism, uh, creative writing history. And then as I was working in the after school programming, I was also starting to do fantasy writing as just an online intern with rotowire.com. My brother had started doing a little bit of writing for them, doing like game recaps at the end of the night. And you don't get paid at first when, when you're doing a lot of these little internship things. And, but like, once you establish that you're reliable, they'll start feeding you some money. And then you really just, I just kept raising my hand for things that I wanted to do and, and, and areas where I was passionate. And over the years, as opportunities 
opened up at Rotowire. I kept stepping into more and more responsibilities. Ended up being the the NBA uh, editor there at at Rotowire for several years. Started the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball podcast. That was that was like my mate. That was my baby. Uh, this whole time that I've been in the fantasy sports industry, wanting to do that fantasy basketball podcast and hosting that for several years. And that's how Josh and I got introduced to each other. So that was really cool. Um, and, uh, and then from there, Josh ended up getting hired by basketball monster after we had worked together for a couple of years at Rotowire and, and Matt was there as well. Uh, Matt Smith from basketball monster. He was at, at Rotowire with us too. And then when Josh got hired over at Basketball Monster because of his great profile and awesome work that he does, um, he, he gave, threw my name out there along with Matt to uh, come with him and, and work with him over at Basketball Monster. So that was huge. And I mean, I was a Basketball Monster fan be- for years before I had ever worked there because you go back and just look at the different people that Ken has always brought into that company. Like Ken built a beautiful simplistic site in basketball monster. And then he went out and he got, um, Oh, Matt Busser and, uh, Justin fan who Justin fan did. He founded fantasy labs and now he's over at underdog NBA as well. Um, and like, it's just kind of cool to see how many, Big names in the industry have come through Rotowire, have passed uh-huh. through Basketball Monster. And then, like, because of, I mean, I, I think we have to give credit to Josh a lot for just kind of building the um, the road for a lot of people who live internationally but are big fans of basketball to step up in this, in this fantasy basketball space and to have profiles and to, to be – because there's just so many guys who have stepped up like yourself, Adam, who are passionate and do great work. And it is kind of amazing that so much of our really good fantasy basketball content comes from all over the world. It shows how international of a sport the NBA can can be when it gets into everybody's hearts. As yeah. corny as that sounded. No, no, look, I couldn't agree more. I mean, Josh, Josh got me into this. Um as well it was it was uh after i mean i i got in a little bit later into fantasy basketball but for oh, what 10 years ago now so mid 30s and and i just enjoyed doing it for the league that i was in and i just thought this would be cool to do on a bigger scale and who better to contact than josh he only lives down well not down the road from me but i can i can get to him in a few hours so I reached out to him, um, organised uh, sort of a, a trip down to, to Melbourne where he is, caught up, had a few beers, um, wow. had had some lunch, and he just sort of gave me his story of of how he started, and, and that was through Rotowire. Um, and he said, this would be a good way, contact these people. So I contacted Rotowire, and here I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Josh does a lot of good work, and and Basketball Monster is obviously the the go to for a lot of people for their ranks and projections, and it's what it's what a lot of us refer to when we say, "Is he a top one hundred player? Is he a top fifty mm-hmm. player?" It's it's Basketball Monster uh, rankings. So, yeah, no, look, I couldn't speak highly enough of of you guys at Basketball Monster and what you do. So, um, 
and and look, the fact that you get to do this full time, it's been a bit of a mixture so far with the people that I've spoken to. So some some have jobs that, mm-hmm. that they do outside of it, um, but for those that are lucky enough, like yourself, to be able to do it full time, uh, I'm jealous. That's yeah. It, I mean, it was my you know it was my second and third job for years, and then yeah. it and I. I had to move to make it a full-time job thing too, as well, going into Madison and living there and then just kind of poking my head in and I have faith in yourself. And if you're passionate about something, do it people, you know, it's, um, this is okay. So you want to know what I'm into these days? I got super spiritual a couple years ago, uh, during the off season, I went through a guided meta, a guided mushroom trip meditation thing and i got all like his hippie spiritual kind of yeah and uh so now i'm look believe in good things for yourself and there's only really one rule in this universe and it's the golden rule what energy you put out there comes back to you so what if you want to be working in this fantasy basketball industry there are opportunities out there you can fill them go do it and then keep dreaming bigger and bigger as you go forward, raising your hand and speaking up for yourself, because there is definitely holes to fill for people to continue to expand the already really great community we've got out there of humble but hardworking uh, fantasy experts. So, yeah, come come join the crew if you if you do have that passion. It is a it is a really good crew of people. Uh, I mean, you would you would know like I, you'd everyone really works together in the fantasy basketball space. I think we promote each other's stuff. We jump on each other's shows. There's, there's no real competition there. So that that's what I really enjoy about it. And um, yeah, look for me. I mean, maybe maybe I'll look to increase my I guess commitment or the time that I put in, but. I'm also in the lucky position that my full-time job, my day job, I love going to work every day. So I, I, I don't wake up and hate going to work. It's, it's, I, I'm driven to do it every day. So, so I'm really lucky in that space. I know a lot of people have a job that necess- they don't necessarily love going to. So um, for me, that's, that's a, po- a huge positive. Um, for, so for, for you've, Fantasy basketball obviously would take up a lot of your time. Outside of fantasy basketball, what what sort of things do you like doing? Like so, hobbies, holidays, things like that. I am a beach bum in the summer, so I live in Michigan, in Muskegon, Michigan, and we have on the west side of Michigan. You have the only uh, white sand dunes and freshwater sand dunes in the entire world. So we've got these beautiful white sand beaches and. I do a little bit of odd job work in the off season, but seven days a week during the NBA season. So when it gets to be the summer, I try not to work too much and then just kind of get by hanging out at the beach with my buddies, um, doing a lot of hiking. I just, uh, I lived out in Hawaii this last winter for the last five months, just got back. And that was the first time I'd been, been to Hawaii. And I, man, I fell in love with hiking out there. It was just like a, is a new addiction for me. So that was beautiful. Um, but man, as corny as it sounds and simple as it sounds, I love nature and the sun and the stars and the moon and stuff like that. So I just like going for walks, hikes and, um, and hanging out at the beach 
when I'm not doing work stuff. Um, that's, and I, I read a lot, but it's, it's not a lot, not of a, it's a lot for pleasure or necessarily it's, it's a lot of like weird spirituality books and, and junk about like, uh, meditation and, yeah, you know, the benefits of taking ice baths and weird crap like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that's interesting about the beach because when you said you like going to the beach and I, I mean, I don't know America super well, but I know where a lot of cities are and I know Detroit and Michigan is not near a beach. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not on a coast. So that that's interesting uh, that they have a beach there. Um, next Beautiful to the beaches, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, 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 we have like legitimately some of the best sunsets in the entire world because of that view with the with mm. lake michigan and everything it just it you know it looks like an ocean so yep. because it's so yep. big so yeah so tvs movies do you do do you sort of have time for anything like that you said you read a little bit but do you, do you actually watch much tv outside of basketball yeah uh I mean, you know, sitting on the computer all day for work, you're it's the games aren't on all the time. So I'm definitely streaming all kinds of movies in the background. Um, loving the Mandalorian. Um, and I'm, I'm a big Marvel fan in, in most respects. So I'll watch all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly into a lot of the the mythology and uh, superhero stuff. Uh, lighthearted things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think on the Marvel universe, what are your thoughts? Like, I know for me, it seems to have, cause I'm quite a big Marvel fan as well. And, and I think it feels to me like it hit a high point and has slowly, I don't know if regressed is the right word, but they were, they just set such lofty expectations with some of those sort of <clears throat> phase three movies that I don't know, it, it, it hasn't felt like it's reached those heights again for quite a while. Is that, is that more a me thing or is that a Marvel thing? No, I mean, part of it's just from everything being diluted. You can only, you can only reach that peak so many times in certain mm. respects, like, and then you're only going to get, there's so many people whose opinions come into, to making a movie that it's, it's more, it's more the exception, you know, that you watch yeah. a movie and you're like, Oh man, this was almost flawless. Like I enjoyed everything about it. I got no complaints, which is Avengers infinity war Avengers Endgame. Those were, yeah. they did those perfect. So, I mean, I still like a lot of the things they're doing with, uh, with the, um, the Kang stuff. Kang mm. seems like a great character that they're developing in a good way, but it's also just whenever you start doing things where you're diluting the, the uh the connection or the uh the investment to two characters by doing the multiverse stuff or all the time travel things where it's like who cares if somebody dies because there's another version of them in yeah. another like as soon as you start doing that stuff even even i grew up a comic book fan reading the comic books there was a whole thing like when you involve clones and stuff like that it just makes it all dumb because you, you could be getting got at any single time where it's like, oh, guess what? You thought I was the real guy, but I'm the uh, yeah. not the real guy. And it's just that kind of stuff where you're you're not you're you're tricking the audience instead of bringing them along for the like making them feel like they're in on it. And uh, yeah. like uh, one of the, the recent Star Wars movie, they they sent up a ship and it blew up and Ray's yelling Chewbacca, Chewie, you died. He didn't die, but they wanted yeah. you to have that. And they're like. 
anyways, it was just dumb. It was yeah. one of those things where it's like you're faking out the. F- anyways, you get what I'm saying. No, no, I do, I do. Yeah, no, I think if, yeah, if we're like the, I mean, with Marvel, Tony Stark dying was the the obviously that was the sort of the culmination of a lot of things, and but if that happened now it would be like, well, it doesn't really matter because he, he's alive somewhere else. So we, we didn't have that aspect of it when he died. It came in after that. And, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I hadn't really sort of framed it that way in my mind that that we aren't as invested in the characters because we know that there's more of them out there. Um, there's three Spider-Men. <laughs> there's yeah. multiple Spider-Men. But, um, yeah, so now you, so you said you're sort of by default you're a Bucks fan. So is your first team the Pistons? Yeah, yep. I, I grew up Pistons fan, living in Michigan, and then it's just ten years spent in Madison. At the time that Giannis had gotten drafted, it was yeah, it was hard not to have that kind of become my team because it was the it was the team I could get in the car and go drive and watch. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair enough. And other sports, so like a lot of analysts that I've spoken to, sort of did a lot of fantasy football or fantasy baseball as well. For you, has it? always been basketball and only basketball or are there other sport interests it started out with fantasy football because i you know that's the biggest one i think that's what most people get started out with and my brother's playing in that you know back in the day when you were drafting offline before yahoo even had stuff to use and then um baseball and the first time i played basketball i think the first time i played baseball and basketball i won those leagues and then it just like planted a seed in me that okay now i'm psycho about this and (laughs) and then you start realizing how much better you are than a lot of the people that are playing whether it's just because you're hustling all the time or because you're you're always looking at the news and checking at back in those days it was roto world for the the player news pages um but it's um what was i even talking about just about other sports that you like and how you and and yeah whether you've i mean you've said you played other fantasy yep. sports so and, and the first thing i wrote about in the fantasy industry was hockey and i oh. was not a hockey fan at the time but that's what they needed that's what roto uh roto wire needed coverage on at the time yeah and it was like okay, if I take this on, then I can probably get a basketball team as soon as a basketball team opens. And then, like, of course, a week later, I'm, I'm writing for the Sixers or whatever, and um, which was great. But then uh, when I became the the NBA editor at Rotowire, I just knew that, like, there was, there was no more time to spend on baseball, which I was writing baseball articles at that time as well, because – it's, it just felt to me like this is when, when you get to a certain point where you're working full time as an NBA analyst. And I, I just felt like I was anytime that I was spending on another sport, I should have been spending on basketball to understand that better or to curate the content better on Rotowire or whatever it might be. And I, I just kind of fallen out of playing most other fantasy sports. I still have a hometown fantasy football league that, I mean, it's offensive the fact that I'll win this thing sometimes, but <laughs> but it's cool because we've got a championship belt that we like engrave your name on and whatnot. And uh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way my name should be on there twice, but oh, yeah. there you go, there you go. <laughs> Give out that positive energy, and you're getting it. <laughs> you're getting it. There back. you go. I there am you a go. winner. <laughs> yep. Um, 
So, so the final question I've been chatting with people about is Victor Wembanyama for next season, uh, and it's it's a at this stage, obviously, we don't know where he's going. We don't know who, yeah, who he's going to be playing with. We we know he's going to go number one, um, but it's a so a two part question, and we'll see if your answers line up with pretty much everyone else. The first part is where would you be comfortable drafting him next season, based on what we know now. And the second part of the question is, what do you think his ADP will be? So where where will will that line up with where you want to take him, or is that going to be higher or lower? Even in the very first drafts next year, I I, I kind of doubt that he's going to be going later than like the third or fourth round, because people are going to get so hyped about him. Um, I would I. I might start looking at him there, but there's also gonna some of the projections might come out, and he's he. I mean, he might look like a a first or second round player. So it's um that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be a tough call because I you don't you don't want to be. Oof. I you know what I. I, there might be a point where I end up talking myself into him at like the end of the second round or something like that. Yeah. But, um, I, he's going to get, he's going to get hyped up and yep. he's going to, he's going to go at a, a decent spot. And I think in many ways it's going to be justified, but ah, man, I, I, you know, it's like the older I get, the the less, the so, less and less risk I want. And yeah, a rookie is just is, as much as we have high expectations for Wambanyana. Um, he's still a rookie. There's still unknowns about exactly how durable he's going to be, and and uh, yeah, how he'll yeah. be used. Yeah, that's that's right. Look, I think most people that I've spoken with, everyone probably have said I'd like to get him third or fourth round so for me it's sort of around pick 40 35 40 but i have a feeling that yeah as you said that that hype is going to be real and it's going to be big and i i think he's going to be hyped up to the point where he's probably going in the second round in in a lot of leagues um and there will there'll be people that will take him in the first round there's there's going to be Mm -hmm. people that will take him at pick 11 or pick 12 and then try and pair him with sort of a surefire thing like a Damien Lillard or someone who's sort of going to play 70 games probably and, and has a really high floor. So, yeah, I think for me it's – he's probably going to go ahead of where I'm comfortable taking him. So I'll probably just go in as many draft-only leagues as I can until I finally get him. So Because I want to have him uh, somewhere on, on our team just because I think he's going to be super fun. But for you – there's obviously three well i mean there's multiple landing spots but there's three that are ahead of the rest the rockets spurs and the pistons have you got a preference personally as to where where he goes next season uh anywhere but spurs is my first option <laughs> uh i i haven't i just i i don't like the way the spurs run their team it's obnoxious to me as a fan uh i they yeah, I I must be the the least Greg Popovich fan, uh. pro- probably out of anybody, and it's it's honestly just because of the last few years with all the 
the weirdness that ha- started happening with Kawhi and when they moved into being more of like a, a kind of a tank situation, it's it's just been frustrating to watch their rotations throughout the season, the last couple seasons, the way Derek White was always marginalized on this team at a, at a time when I felt like when you had DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Jakob Pertl, and some of the, and then like Devin Vassell, they just, there's certain players that they were always marginalizing at times in the last couple of seasons where I didn't get it. Like we've all, now that Derek, Derek White's on a good team playing in this bigger spot, like people are finally seeing like how important he is in his role yeah. and, and everything. So anyways, it's not a fan of the Spurs. Don't want Wembanyama going there. Um, as a Pistons fan, that would be great. And, and that would be a super interesting pairing with him and, and Jalen Duran going forward, like Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivy. That's, that's pretty solid. And, um, the, the Rockets, I would like him on the Rockets just because there's a bunch of other young guys there. And it would be fun to watch in some respects, especially if they have more structure next year with a, with a new coach. Um, but so something that annoyed me this year about the Rockets is the fact that they looked at Jabari Smith and they, they say, this guy can play power forward and he can play center, but we're not going to use him at small forward. And I'm just kind of sitting there thinking like, you're not Silas wasn't necessarily in love with, with Sangoon. So, and if you're looking at your team and you're saying we're, we're, angling ourselves to potentially add Vic- Victor Wimbanyama to the team next year. Yeah. Shouldn't you have been looking at situations where you were either playing Sengun uh, at power forward and asking him to expand his, his three point shooting more, and then maybe even playing uh why can I not think of their, their other, their backup center right now? Garuba. Oh, playing him yeah. more because he's Garuba's like a legit defensive impact player mm. who could be starting on the right team next to the right player. And so I just, yeah, I've, I've been disenchanted with how the Rockets have kind of got all this great talent, but not necessarily used it in ways that yeah. seem logical. The lack of Tari, Tari Eason not playing getting like many starts this year just doesn't make sense either to me. So yeah. Yep. No, I, I, yeah, look, I, I agree. I think in terms of talent and the, the young pieces, I like Detroit and I like Houston cause they have, but their the way their teams are run and their minutes distribution that, that worries me a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty high on Shingun and, and he hasn't got, I mean, he, he gets the minutes, but it, oh, I mean, Josh goes on about this all the time. But it annoys me when they get players off the court when they're in foul trouble. How how for a team like Houston, where wins don't matter, and you want to <laughs> and you want to be teaching your young guys to play with fouls because you are projecting five years. We want to be a competitive team, and if we're in a playoff series and Shengun is our center and he's got four fouls in in the first two quarters you you need him on there if he's your starting center you need him on there and he, if he's never had that opportunity so that that really frustrates me so um but yeah the spurs i don't know i 
oh, I'm not super high on pop either. Um, I do think, I do think in terms of development, the Spurs are okay at developing players. But as you said, with Derek White, he was just not used correctly. And look what he's doing now in Boston. Like he's he's a key piece for their team. Whether he's starting, well, I think he sort of has secured a starting spot now. Which yeah, which at the start of the season he that was not on the cards really. He was he was a sixth man, seventh man even behind Brogdon. Um, but he's been so good that they just need him on the court. Uh, so no, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who takes him and, and how he's utilized. Um, and there's there's teams that I can like if you talk about the Hornets. Yeah, I would like the idea of him playing with Lamelo oh, yeah. and also just to yeah. give Lamelo more support. Uh, talk about the Blazers. I, I would like him to his fit with the Blazers in certain in a lot of respects, but. I don't necessarily love those two organizations right now. And, and that's, that's like kind of going down the road. I'm not in love. Like I hated the way the Pacers ended this season. They still could have been fighting for a playing spot and they just mailed it in. That annoys me to no end. The, I would actually love Wemby to end up with the magic because that's their whole thing. And they might play him at point guard or something stupid like that. And I know that's, that's a joke, but some of these teams, if they take Wembanyama, they should be looking at situations where he might kind of be like, "It's you really are almost going positionless with a with a cat like this, where you're like, yeah. we're just going to put him on the court with other dudes, and it's going to be fine. So we don't need to worry about what position he is because he can help protect the rim. He can bring the ball up the court to help us with that a little bit. He can he can do everything, and uh, you know he can shoot, so he's not going to be uh, making the court smaller, all this, all these kind of things. Yeah, look, I think, I mean, if we look at his game now, I think that probably the one, well, not a flaw, but if we, he's got a lot of strengths, but probably passing is some something he hasn't demonstrated uh, as much as obviously his shot blocking and his three pointers, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But just given his height and I think his IQ and the opportunities he's going to be given, whoever drafts him, they need to be running the offense through him. I think that's. I think that's something that he a little bit like Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he, his passing game has improved over over the course of his career. Jokic has always been a good passer, but he's a he's a freak. So, yeah, I, I, personally, the Magic that would be ideal. I think if if he landed there somehow, I don't think it's going to happen. But I would love him on the Magic because I just think that they're heading in the right direction. Man, they would probably start what Fultz, Wagner, Boncaro. Wemby and Carter would they really probably, do that? Probably. I th- oh my I don't gosh! Know. I know that would be. F- and then having Cole Anthony coming off the bench, um, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, Jalen Suggs off the bench. Yeah. Um, you've still got. I think Mo Wagner has been pretty good this season. Yeah, um, he's as a backup. Um, Badadze, as you said, he's starting today. So who knows where what his role is but oh and Gary Harris is still signed to the team through next year i believe as well so yeah he probably is yeah so so that would be really fun i don't see it happening but i'd love it <laughs> so, um yeah anyway so that that will look that that's probably that's probably enough from both of us for today yeah. so off season obviously coming up it's probably be the off season when this is released um that's obvious you've already said that's your downtime it's when you can scale back a little bit and and do some other things but what will you have anything coming out during like during the 
the off season at all? Yeah, I'm going to be doing a Bucks podcast tonight. So yep. find the Bucks podcast on Twitter or come find me at Roto Kyle NBA on Twitter. And I will retweet the the live stream as we're doing that later uh, after the Bucks game. And uh, that's that's about it for me right now. It's just uh, finishing up basketball monster work for the next couple of days and then it is playoffs and just Bucks playoffs podcasts. And, uh, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see a bunch of beach pictures. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Excellent. Thank you for coming on. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Remember, check out all of our content. Uh, our Discord server is still running pretty wild over there. We're up to about 2,500 people. Uh, FBIBasketball.com is where you'll find all of those uh, details. My player ranks will be out when this comes out for next season. Um, stupidly early, but why not? Uh, our podcast, you can follow this on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to YouTube. Until next time, catch up. You just listened to another episode from the Fantasy Basketball International Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. And for more information about joining our community, please check out our website at fbibasketball.com.